0: tapped or clicked in to College Volleyball Weekly on Viral Volley Media. Now here's your host, Rob On Mike. All right, good day everyone and we have got our 2023 Collegiate Beach Volleyball season coming at you hot here in the next few weeks if not days if that's how you're counting because The anticipation is high and there's a lot of talent. Obviously, one of the most talented teams in the nation is coached by this extremely excellent human being, Russell Brock of LSU. Thanks for joining me today.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Always fun to chat.
0: Well, I wanted to start by just talking about the history of Collegiate Beach Volleyball um going outwards first like what you're seeing um happening here in collegiate beach volleyball and bringing it down to lsc but that's okay so you know you've been on since 2013 as an associate head coach to start and then from there it just kind of took off and what have you seen are things that have been changing trends and talent and so forth in uh, collegiate beach
1: yeah um you know, i think probably the obviously the development of talent addition of a lot of international talent um you know even younger players being game ready as they enter into college i think it's really changed the landscape of sports um, for our sport I, I, but i think probably in thinking about the question probably the biggest thing in the recent history has really been covid and the transfer portal um, you know when you're looking at rosters and even we're talking about like looking at rosters from year to year there's so much more change than there ever was really in Collegiate athletics in the history of the sp- of any sport, not just our sport. So to see how it's impacted, um, you know, collegiate beach volleyball, um, it's it's really it, it's really powerful um, to know that you can have you know big swings um, and ro- within rosters, not even necessarily from recruiting, but just from transfers and additional eligibility, and and it really makes it not only uh, tough to kind of develop talent, but also to prepare to play against rosters because it could really change pretty drastically from year to year.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, with that, with COVID, and I think a lot of uh, our, we'll say our lay people who follow the game, there are athletes who had the four years of eligibility and use a fifth year as a graduate to transfer out or transfer in. And that has made it so interesting for all you coaches because you're finding all these stars, you know, uh, caliber, you know, high caliber athletes going to different programs in their fifth season. So, but what's unique about LSU is this. And I think as long as I've been following the game, when you've been at the helm, you've been able to find talent in unique places like your own indoor programs or transfers some indoor programs. Uh, can you talk a little bit to our fans about how you develop them and how that has impacted your program?
1: Yeah, I think it's been really a necessary part of um, who we are. I mean, we, um, you know, for those of you who don't know how to kind of read the abbreviations, we're in Louisiana. So, you know, the, as, far <laughs> as far as the development of the I well, thought LA was Los Angeles. <laughs> yes, that would be <laughs> a significantly different recruiting experience. Um, so, you know, when you're having to deal with uh, development of in-state talent and maybe relying on that a little bit for sports that, you know, for the sport of beach volleyball, um, you don't have a ton of scholarship money. So anytime you can get in-state talent to come in and really help you, that's a big addition. Um, so if you can't rely on that, we have to look in kind of creative spaces and, and knowing that, um, you know, as the sport has grown, there's always been those indoor transfers that have kind of wanted to experience beach volleyball, but didn't start out in it. And maybe have some tools that could translate, but don't know the game as well, or maybe dabbled a little bit in it in the summers, but really want to, you know, engage and engulf themselves in that final year or a couple seasons. And so we've, we've used that as an opportunity to, to enhance our ability to recruit um and so the the challenge is a lot of times they don't really know the sport they don't really have the experience so you have to watch their indoor film you have to have conversation you have to understand their mentality because the process is humbling quite honestly quite often where they're a really really good indoor player but as soon as they hit the sand there's a big dip in their ability to be successful so if they can't handle that mentally then they're not going to ever progress past the stages that you need to, to be successful in our sport. So um, it's a lot of, uh, it's not necessarily guesswork, but it's also not incredibly scientific because you're just watching people play a sport that kind of looks the same, but has many differences. Um, And to see, okay, what pieces that they're great at indoor can translate. And then how quickly can we help that person turn from a significant uh, contributor on the indoor surface to a significant contributor in the sand. And that's a fun process. And we, we love it. We enjoy it. And it's helped us be as good as we've been over the last few years. Well,
0: I'm going to drop a couple of names. I know I'm not going to get all of them, but you have names like Tony Rodriguez, aspiring AVP and international pro volleyball player now on the beach with Savvy Simo. Then you also have, you may recognize this name, Taryn Cloth with Chris You almost have to say them together. And then yep. of course, now you've got Kali DeBerg You know, you got the hometowns of a local girl from Louisiana. You got a South Dakota girl. And now you've got an Iowan girl who went to Missouri. So you're finding this huge talent and able to coach the skills onto these girls and become successful at this level.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, when you look at those athletes, you're talking about extremely physical athletic um, players on the indoor game who you know, brought that out, but brought the right mentality, brought the right attitude, brought the right work ethic. And we're willing to to put in the work and um, have developed into players that are phenomenal. And that's, that's the exciting upside um, to the process that we get to be involved in is that you get to take somebody who is really, really wonderful at a sport, and you get to allow them to kind of grow into a new area and to kind of unlock, something that wasn't available to them before and and they flourish they they just do a really good job and they enjoy it and it's a privilege to be just a small part of that process
0: that's uh excellent and I wanted to not ignore your defenders because you do have a great talented group of defenders and is it uh Riley Allred uh and then uh is it Ellie Shank and you know I actually got a California girl out there this year I was kind of shocked to see it on the roster Kelly McCloskey from Laguna Beach so excitement for me but uh I want to see how you shape a, a California girl out there in uh, Baton Rouge?
1: <laughs> yep, we're excited. Um, I mean, we we recruit California all the time, but you know it's tough to get to convince people to kind of leave that state and and to come to Louisiana. But she was willing, and we're excited, and obviously she'll uh, she'll kind of grow within our system, and it's fun to have her. She was in today, and we were talking through her development, and you know, talk about film and talk about things she's working on, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, to have somebody that comes from such a, a rich background um, of youth volleyball and to bring her into a system where you know there's a lot of people who didn't have that experience. So it's a good perspective to have involved here as well.
0: Great, great. Um, you know, I was looking at the history of the Foundation Collegiate Beach Volleyball and just the last, since 2016, all the national championships have gone to a Pac-12 school, but I really feel like the CCSA school's with the amount of talent and how deep those rosters are, are really right on the heels. And wanted to get your thoughts on um, the competition at that D one level now.
1: Yeah, it's you know we've always felt like uh, our conference is one of the best, if not the best, in the country. And um, it, you know, changes from year to year as as new conferences are developed and people kind of slide in and out. But you know, this year is um is no different i mean we have obviously florida state um who's year in and year out is fantastic um tcu has been on the rise and is an incredibly powerful program with a deep roster and this year we had a grand canyon so along with uh you know their history and and you know bringing in the reigning coach of the year i mean you're talking about great talent and then south carolina has always done a really good job of being a school that is dangerous and um, has a, a really talented roster. And, and so we, we expect for this year's CCSA uh, competition to be just as um, kind of exciting as it's been over the last few years.
0: Well, looking at fall competition, did you get a sense of where teams were at, including your own? Because I, I know I saw Grand Canyon you know, on the West Coast, uh, fall circuit, so to speak. And wow, when in, uh, the news came out, they're going into your conference, like it, seeing Hector is like, yeah, it's just going to get tougher. So, and I'm sure that's what Brooke and you were saying as well, because Grand Canyon was had in the pairs competitions and the team competition were always in the quarters or higher.
1: Yep. Yeah, no, for sure. And, you know, I, I don't think that any of us um, who are in our conference have ever shied away from, you know, wanting to have the most talented, the best competition um, to prepare you for, you know, the national competition. I mean, that's the whole goal is to is to be able to face teams that people respect, particularly now that we're changing the process. Like you have to play against teams that are respected and that are really talented and you have to do well against them to give yourself a chance to, to get into the NCAA tournament, which is ultimately the goal. So, you know, uh, other than the fact that I think we're trying to collect all the purple teams, (laughs) <laughs> um, we are looking at just creating an environment where we can get, um, you know, week in and week out, we can prioritize playing against our conference foes that are are going to bring us into position to to be better prepared to compete for a national championship.
0: Well, you know, you've got the talent in that, that fun conference to watch. The only thing I wish is, and you guys have done it well at Death Volley, I love the fact that there are streams on YouTube for each of the courts. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, you always sneak in working indoor matches and some other beach events and have my few monitors right next to me watching what's going on.
1: Yeah, it's definitely fun to have that opportunity for, you know, parents, friends, families, fans to be able to kind of see what's going on when we're at home. And it's always fun to share our stadium.
0: Yep. You know, you'd mentioned the national tournament, and there is a pretty major change this year. And I had a few coaches talk about it already. Can you share your thoughts on the change or share with our viewers and listeners the change that's going to occur this year and, and thoughts on how that could pan out.
1: Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, it, the, the evolution of the sport, um, you know, as it's grown across the country and, and the kind of the talent has become more widespread and there's a little bit more parody, you know, even last year we saw it. Um, Cause they made an adjustment last year. We went to the first round with single elimination before we got to the final eight and then went double them. And right away out of the box, there were quite a few upsets, even in that first round. Um, And that just speaks to the development of the sport across the country. Um, And it's pretty exciting um, from our end of things, because there was quite a few East teams that maybe did better than the experts would have thought. Um, And that's the way we feel like we feel like on the East side, we've got some really, really good teams. And so when you do a single elimination and you kind of expand the field a little bit, you get a chance to prove that we're actually Pretty talented on this side of the country, um, so moving into next year, where there isn't a double m anymore, it's 16 in, and then it's one and done. It, it just creates, like, it puts us in the same realm as uh, indoor volleyball or even like uh, basketball, basketballs with the final fours in their tournaments. It makes it's really exciting. Um, I think the one thing that's we'll see how it plays out. That I hope. Um, ends up being a good thing is uh they've taken away the quotas for east and west which has always been a part of the equation so we knew okay if we're one of the best three teams in the east we're going to guarantee to get a slot and now that's gone so it really prioritizes the ability to have um accurate rankings and um and the selection process needs to really value the the talent level and the um kind of the depth of uh, the ability to play on both coasts uh, because that could really um, challenge the top 16 being in or even the seeding because the seeding now is incredibly important if you're undervalued as a seed then obviously you're gonna have to play somebody that's tougher Um, so you want to be able to put your best foot forward you want to be able to get a great opportunity you want to make it in but you want to get a good seed as well because now if you lose one you don't have a chance to come back and work your way through you've got to you got to play well every time you step in the sand. And we know that there's going to be good teams all the way through the tournament. So you can't ever take a break. So it's exciting. Um, but it's also kind of a feeling out process. Okay. Let's see how it goes this year during selection.
0: Yeah. That selection show is going to be a uh, high, high, high pressure times because uh, now you have to put together a good portfolio with strength, to, strength of schedule, RPI. Talk about uh, all conference honorees, you know, one loss yep. against winning teams. Oh, that's, <laughs> that yeah. means and think, a lot of work after last ball drops after the conference tournament.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think even you know in the past, even with the double limb format, like it wasn't quite as weighty because you know, all right, if we get a bad matchup, we can still come back and you know compete for the championship. Uh, but now even that opportunity is gone, so you really have to do everything you can to be where you need to be to give yourself a best chance because you won't. There is no comeback. You just got to get it done.
0: Yeah. I always love the root for the underdog component of it. You know, the rise from the ashes, but <laughs> I guess yep. you won't see that anymore.
1: <laughs> nope, no more chance to rise.
0: <laughs> well, let's go and talk about your 2023 Sandy Tiger team. Uh, who are some of your key athletes or pairs? Or uh, well, that is if you want to share. I know that you coaches like keep it close to the hip till that first serve, but you know, share with share about your team.
1: Yeah, I think we're we're excited. We've got five returners. Um, and we've got a bunch of kids that have been fighting for years and are excited. It's kind of similar to last year. Last year we had two returners, and so there was a lot of kind of unknown on the national uh, perspective as far as like who we were, how good we could be, Um, but we knew we had people who've been training with us and and gave us an opportunity to still compete at a really high level even though we didn't really have the experience. We have a little more experience this year with five returners, um, but we still have that depth where people were right on the edge of the roster, right on the edge of the lineup that weren't in, but have been competing in, against our team. And, and we know that they're good. And so we're excited to, to give them a chance to come into the lineup. Um, you know, I would to. well, I wouldn't love to, but, you know, I consider sharing our actual pairs, but um, <laughs> we're still working on that on our end as well. And part of that's just because we've got so many fresh faces. Uh, we know for sure, like you mentioned, we've got to rely on the, our returners attorneys who've been in the lineup, that's Kylie and Parker and Grace, Riley, Ellie. Like those are pieces of the puzzle that we, they're known commodity for us. They even, uh, you know, four of them got a chance to have great experience in the fall playing in the big tournaments. And, Mm -hmm. um, and so we know what they're capable of. And then we've got, you know, the rest of those pieces that honestly could probably be a little bit interchangeable at times and, and not knowing how they're going to, Actually, perform in competition because they haven't really had that opportunity yet could influence where we end up. But I feel like we've got a pretty good idea we're gonna we're gonna start, and then I have a pretty good idea as in every other year that by the time we get to the end of the season, it'll probably be a little bit different. Um, But we're excited about uh, about the group that we've got, and even the talent and the experience that necessarily hasn't got the competition, but they're ready to go.
0: Excellent. Well, with that, let's go out to the rest of the CCSA. What teams, and you mentioned some already, but let's, you know, for the sake of our listeners and viewers, what others are teams are CCSA conference or preseason favorites?
1: Yeah, I think um, you know, until somebody beats Florida State, I mean I think they've got like six or seven in a row that they've won. Um, you know, they're they have to be considered the favorites within our conference. They're uh and they're talent, they're really talented again this year. They they lost a few. Um, from their roster last year but they maybe have one of the most uh, maybe productive transfers I think that um, you know Paige Kalkoff coming over from FIU is a really really good player and to be able to slide her right into the lineup somewhere I think it's going to be really good and they've got great returners I think they're deep and um, and even you know getting Chacon back she left and then she came back I think that all of those things. And they've got a couple of indoor players that are on the roster that are really big that we'll have to see kind of once again, how they translate uh, into the beach game. But um, you know, Brooke does a really good job getting those kids ready down there. And I wouldn't expect them to be anything, but, um, but really motivated, really talented and really well-trained coming into yeah. the season.
0: And just for a clarification is Morgan Chicone, Elena graduated last year for our listeners and viewers and- Correct. She had at Long Beach State playing indoor and came back to play beach for Florida State in the yep. spring.
1: Yep. And you know, TCU. I think once again, it's kind of the same story. Like they're they're deep. They've got a lot of returners. They've got a lot of foreign talent. Um, I think that they'll have players that will compete for uh, you know to be recognized as some of the best in the country. Um, all Americans that are you know sprinkled into their lineup and and they've got some. Uh, I think they're mostly going to rely on their returners, but they've also got some foreign players that have come in that'll be new this year that I think are going to be really, really good. So, uh, and then they've got a great transfer too, which I'm sure you'll be spending some time with. It sounds like it's just my guess, um, <laughs> but you know, Kate Privet coming over from Florida State, she's a dynamic, you know, athletic defender that is going to make them better. So, you know, you talk about a team that was already was, you know, one of the top teams in the country last year, returned a ton and added some pieces. They're, they're going to be really, really good.
0: Well, you named some athletes there. And that was the next question. Who's Russell Brock? If you're to, to recommend to a fan just watching, who are some of the top athletes to look out for in the CCSA?
1: Yeah, I think that, um, you know, you could find them on every team. I mean, South Carolina, they've got a couple like super dynamic Simone Preby, um, you know, transfer Pepperdine. She's a really good player. Skyo Allen is super athletic, plays with a lot of energy. Um, Grand Canyon, Um, Alanis is one of the most exciting fun players to watch Uh, Abby Hughes is a kid from FIU that transferred over a couple years ago is really, really talented Um, Allie Hansen is good there Uh, Evans, a little firecracker super defender Um, so I think, you know, other than the ones we've mentioned you know, from, uh, I mean, you can't leave out Maddie Anderson, she's one of the best players in the country, Raylan White at Florida State Mm -hmm. Um, I think that there's Really, even as I look through the rosters in preparation to kind of talk about our conference, like there are some incredible players, um, yeah. not just on their teams, but in the country, mm-hmm. uh, even internationally. You got players that are doing great things for USA and for their own countries internationally. Um, and so it's it's really fun. It's high level and it's uh, and it's going to be it's going to be a challenge every time we step in the sand for sure.
0: Oh, Russ, I know your humility is keeping you from sharing, but Kylie DeBerg, because she's playing for the USA with Haley Harward. So, I mean, I was excited to see that, you know, and she is really developed exponentially from the first time I saw her play last year at the East West.
1: For sure. I I definitely put her in the mix. I think that, you know, we've got some players that are really fun. I think that, um, you know, along with Kylie and Ellie, and even Grace has been developing as a, as a fantastic blocker. The, the trio of defenders that we have, I think, are three of the best in the country um, with Ellie and Parker and Riley, and so I'm super excited uh, to kind of see them continue to develop and to get on another stage and, and play against this great group of athletes that are all across this country and, and let them go toe-to-toe and let people see how good they're getting.
0: Yep. Now let's go outside of the CCSA and get your perspective on it. But who are the top teams to watch? I know we talked about a little bit before jumping on, but you know, yeah. I'm
1: curious. I always love
0: the coach's perspective.
1: Yeah, I think that uh I mean you have you have to look at UCLA as as the team to beat. And um, you know, even with USC winning it last year, I think that they lost more than than UCLA did, and, and they're gonna reload. USC is gonna be great. They got some a really good young players and some transfers that are gonna help them um. But, you know, when you look at UCLA's lineup, um, they're some of the most talented kids in the country. And you can easily, like, when you start listing, okay, who are good, you get down past 10 and you're like, well, somebody who's incredible is not going to be in the lineup. Yeah. Like, it's just not possible. So I don't envy the job that he has to do in making those decisions. But, you know, the fact that he's got such a deep roster is an incredible blessing. And um, and he knows how to coach. He and Jenny out there know what they're doing. So, when you have that much talent and you have um, that much ability to, to influence that talent to play the game the right way. And they've got experience, too. It's a great balance of experience. I mean, Lexi's one of the most physical kids that ever played this game. Devin Newberry, is, she's kind of entering the end. Jaden Whitmarsh, I mean, you've got great leadership, great talent, um, and you've got real good skill. So I think that you have to look at them as an option, um, for one of the best teams in the country, for sure.
0: Yeah. They actually got a transfer from your way, Kelly Green Agnew.
1: That's Um, right. (laughs) And we know how good she is. So, you know, and once again, like adding her to a mix that's already incredibly deep and talented, um, is, you know, you wouldn't say it's not fair, but you know, it's, it's going to be, they're going to be a challenge to beat for sure.
0: Yeah. Now, um, who do you, well, I guess we don't know who all the pairs are at. It's so funny talking to the coaches, but they haven't really shown who's going to be playing together. So the question was, who are the top pairs and individuals in the country, which you kind of answered there, but you know, there there's definitely a lot of potential across the nation who could be at the top for sure. Yeah. But
1: yeah, I don't know. Like you say, I'm not, I'm not even sure who's going to be playing together. You know, but when you look at, you know, Megan and Delaney, Um, And the Norse sisters, you know, you look at like who they're going to match up with. I mean, they're going to be the best, some of the best players in the country. Um, Stanford obviously has a pretty good trio with uh, with Charlie and Zolani. And I really Mm -hmm. like watching Kate play. She's a fantastic player, super athletic, and she's a junior now. So she's really developing. Um, And then, you know, Washington's going to be good this year. Cal's going to be deep and strong um hawaii pepperdine loyola you know that Loyola's is going to put it together because he's one of the best coaches in the world um and then you come over to the east fau's got a lot of kids that are back um and they've got some foreigners that are really talented beth at georgia state you know that they're going to be deep and they're going to beat people that people don't think that they can beat because they're really disciplined and she has a great system um steps in fiu Um, Those (laughs) rosters are full of international players that maybe we don't know yet, but we know that they're going to end up being good. So I think that's, once again, that's the exciting piece. You've got so many um, great players that play at all these different programs. And as we get through the first few weeks of the season, you start seeing pairs. I think you'll really start to be able to pinpoint, all right, those those are the pairs. Those are the teams that you really have to look out for. You have to watch and really enjoy how well they're playing.
0: Yeah. Well, Russell, you start off your season. Actually, you have the purple versus gold on Friday, February 17th. But you start off at the Green Wave Invitational on February 25th against Tulane in North Alabama. Um, be sure to follow Russell and his team, the Sandy Tigers. If you don't know, that's LSU. You can see it on his jersey. There is a sweatshirt there. Um, support College Beach Volleyball. Follow their social. Go to their website. You know, tag them. You know, they are a great crew to watch, and they'll be coming to California. What is the date? That's uh, April March 31st and April 1st, yep. I believe, in the yep. East Meets West Challenge. And there's a lot of phenomenal volleyball that's going to happen. I will tell you, last year was a grind, uh, watching all the teams go at it in each of their duels. It was going down to the fifth duel, you know, dual clinching point in the third set, extended due set. So, um Russell, I cannot thank you enough for your time again. I always enjoy conversations. I look forward to your West Coast trip, or if I do get to make that trip to Death Volley, I, that's on that's the bucket list now.
1: We'll save you a seat.
0: <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks for listening to College Volleyball Weekly. Be sure to follow Rob Asparo at the Rob on the Mike on Instagram and at Rob on the Mike on Twitter.